0: wherever whenever now from studio b or from wherever the saints or pelicans might be here's sean kelly
2: hey how goes it welcome into the black and blue report the podcast for saints and pelicans fans greetings to you on this wednesday a very wet and dreary wednesday uh, from our smoothie king center studios in downtown new orleans we are getting ready for another pelicans home game tonight uh, we've been saying that now for some time. This is the end of the longest homestand of the year, um, and we still have more home games coming up before the All-Star break. But tonight, the string of six ends as the Oklahoma City come, uh, Thunder come calling. Uh, should be a good time. The Pelicans have won two straight now, six of their last seven, and they get uh, OKC tonight uh, entering the building with a 24-24 and record, Pelicans at 26-22. and So uh, it's kind of like a, I'll, I'll mention this to David Wesley here in a moment on a Wesley Wednesday, but it's kind of like an old-fashioned home-and-home, uh, home, hockey home-and-home, home, um, could be because the Thunder are here tonight and the Pelicans will play at Oklahoma City on Friday. Two big games with regards to the playoff standings, um, and so hopefully the momentum that you've gained from wins over the Clippers and the Hawks most recently uh, continues tonight. Yes, David Wesley is here. It is a Wesley Wednesday. He will join us in just a moment. Also, today we continue our uh, our series looking back at uh, Super Bowl Forty Four, commemorating the five-year anniversary. Um, It's the week, not the exact date, so we've kind of stretched it out over the week. So uh, we're looking back today with Will Smith and Garrett Hartley, uh, two key members of that football team. I think that you'll enjoy those visits. Uh, Daniel had a chance to sit down with Garrett Hartley and uh, record that interview. I'm anxious to hear it myself, so I'll be hearing it alongside you today on the Black and Blue Report. And Will Smith was outstanding. Everybody's brought something good to the table. And that will continue today. Um, it is National Signing Day, by the way. And I feel like, well, I think Daniel's in the same boat that I am. I feel like I'm the only person who works in sports that isn't excited today and, you know, has been counting down the days until today and wants to see what, which young man or young lady puts which hat on or whatever else. I mean, I get it, I guess. I mean, I, I covered college athletics for years before I got into the NBA. I mean, I get how important it is to recruit well and everything else, but here's, here's, here's my thing. This is maybe why I'm not so excited. I look at so-and-so's reporting that this school is going to have the eighth best recruiting class or the third best recruiting class. How in the heck do you know? And there's so many people out there and again, you may read them or listen to them on the radio today or whatever, and they're going to say, you know, this kid is this, and this kid is this, and he's going to fit here. Look, there may be a handful of people that have a pretty good grasp of this thing, but I'm telling you, there's no way that anybody else who's espousing these thoughts has seen <laughs> seen in person any of these young people play um let alone watched extensive video of them so when they come up with these rankings of you know the uh, x universities got the 7th best recruiting class i just i just find myself rolling my eyes i wish we'd almost have national signing day and then at some point here during the off season have national let's look back on signing day 3 years ago and see how everybody shook out and see if these kids did well on campus, and if their high school games translated to good level college football or um, gymnastics or uh, whatever, field hockey, and then, then, then I would get excited about that. I'd be intrigued by that conversation. Um, and now I will step off the soapbox, I guess. So anyway, that's my little National Signing Day rant. Uh, good luck to all of our local schools. I hope they get some great, great uh, people on campus uh, through this process. And I'll leave it at that. And, uh, and I'll leave you with a quick timeout, and then we'll jump back into what you want to hear about today. Pelicans and Thunder and the Saints, of course. I'm Sean Kelly. Hey, glad you're with us here on this Wednesday. David Wesley in a moment, and then Will Smith and Garrett Hartley, too. The New Orleans Pelicans are having a sale. Right now, pick any three games for as low as $24 with the special man plan. I want to go to the Thunder Bulls and Pacers.
1: You have to see the special man. Let him have it with no problem. Say I say, you say I say.
2: Get your Pelicans three game plan today. See the special man. I got the $24.
1: Let him have it.
2: We'll put you in a great seat today with no problem. Visit pelicans.com to get your special man plan today. I'm Linda, mother of two beautiful 13-year-old twins. While my son has brown hair and blue eyes, and my daughter has blonde with green eyes, they both share one identical DNA trait. I
0: hate spinach.
3: No one leaves a table until you finish your vegetables. Getting my
0: kids to want to eat vegetables, that's my purpose. Blend it now. Try the new veggie blends at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Guess what day it is. Pump day? Well, yeah. And it's Wesley Wednesday on the Black and Blue Report.
2: On a rainy and dreary day in New Orleans, one must try and find a ray of sunshine. I think we have done that. Our ray of sunshine today is analyst for Fox Sports New Orleans, David Wesley. It is a Wesley Wednesday, not a wet Wednesday, at least here on the Black and Blue Report. Right, David?
1: All those W's, but yes, it is a wet Wesley Wednesday.
2: Yes, it is, and 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 I, I'm i hoping that you're in the mood to be a ray of sunshine for us.
1: I, I'm going to try to be a ray of sunshine. Shine. We, were, we were trying to put some sunshine on it just a second ago.
2: Yes, we were. And if, and if you will, shine down on us uh, some of your knowledge with regard to where the Pelicans uh, are in the playoff standings. It's an interesting conversation that begins here in February.
1: Well, you know, I, I and it is early, but, you know, it, it's fun to look at the fact that uh, we won. The Pelicans have won six out of seven, and they lost to Denver. Well, if they didn't lose to Denver, then they're one game ahead in the loss column to Phoenix. With two games versus Oklahoma City, they win them both, and they're technically tied with Phoenix if they didn't play at all. So, it 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 looks good for the Pelicans to if they take care of business and hopefully. They've kind of shaken off some of that inconsistency where they can go out and beat teams if they're supposed to, as well as challenge some of the better teams in the league. Uh, this this could be a, a good year for the Pelicans to, to sneak in the playoffs. But, as we were saying, the Oklahoma City games this week could also uh, cause some problems. If they win both or, or if, they, if they split, they have the tiebreaker at the end of the season for any tiebreaking situation. If they lose both, then they lose the tiebreaker, and that could be a problem.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, and you mentioned, uh, you know, what's what's to come here. I guess this is game 49 tonight. So, in the next 33 games, whether it be New Orleans or Oklahoma City or or Phoenix, uh, what's the magic number? How many of the next 33 do the Pelicans need to win to be in that eighth and final spot?
1: I'm I'm going to say at. It's going to be around the 25 number. Wow. 25, which is a lot, puts the Pelicans at 51 wins. Now, can Phoenix get to 51? Well, they only need 23 wins.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Right.
1: So I think 51 might be that magic number. It depends on out of these last three spots really gets healthy. I, I think it's out of those three teams and I don't think anybody from below that Sacramento, Utah, the Lakers, or Minnesota, are even going to challenge it. So you have to win two more games better. So you have to win three games better than Phoenix. Whatever they win, you got to win three better. That okay. gets you in the playoffs. Okay. So we'll be watching Phoenix and Oklahoma City for the rest of the year. If you win three better than than uh in Phoenix, and stay on pace right now with Oklahoma City,
2: you're in. You're in. Uh, David Wesley here with us, obviously, on a Wesley Wednesday. The Pelicans will meet up with the Thunder here at the Smoothie King Center tonight. We're kind of taking apart your opening statement here, David. We talked about the standings and what it will take. Uh, you also mentioned that the Pelicans have won six of their last seven. What has been the biggest factor in your eyes as to why the Pelicans have been so successful here in the last two weeks? Well,
1: Offensively, they're better. And, you know, one may argue that they're not scoring as much, therefore they're not, they don't have as many possessions. Well, if you look at these last seven compared to their first 41, they're, they're, they're taking 83 shots now, whereas before they were taking 84. So the, the possessions, the shots, are, are field goal attempts are about the same. What's been better is their defense has been better they the taking care of the ball one turnover better. And they're passing the ball. They're shooting the ball from three better because they're catching shoot shots. Penetrate, kick, wide open. Everybody's making the extra pass wide open. They're taking better shots, better ball movement. People are sharing it. The feet are lively. The bodies are lively. The body language is better. And you just play better when you like playing with your teammates.
2: Let me just – and speaking of playing better with teammates and moving the ball, let me just lob this uh, tennis ball up in the air for you to uh, hammer an overhand smash back uh, on the other side here. Um, When have we seen Tyreek Evans play his best in his career? Let me just offer a couple of thoughts. One, he won Rookie of the Year right at Sacramento when he was playing point guard, right? Right. Last year as a Pelican, when did he play his best – March and April when he was the point guard, right? Right. Okay, so now he's 9-3, I think, uh, as the starting point guard since Holiday's been out. And he's averaging nearly eight assists a game. And he's had 12 assists in four of his last five. Are are we now, I guess, uh, having a hard time arguing against Tyreek Evans as a point guard in this league, which seemingly everybody wants to argue against?
1: Well... Here's the thing, his, and I said this before the season started. There's a lot of scores on this team. Anybody on this team can get you 30. Uh, and this starting five can get you 30, except Oshie. But the other four guys and Ryan Anderson get, can get you 30. If you take those five guys, somebody has to accept, I'm not going to be a 30-point guy because you know your star guy is going to be 30. He's going to be 25 to 30 every night and that's Anthony Davis. Right. That means the rest of us are going to have to settle for 12 14. Maybe all four of us, the rest of us have to have 12 14. Maybe 12 and 14 most nights and you know every now and then you get 22. Can you accept that? Well, what Tyreek has done in this stretch it's been less about points. It's been more about moving the basketball and getting other people involved. The Pelicans won a game where he scored 9 But he had 12 assists. They don't need him to score necessarily. They need him to start the ball moving, start the ball moving, and then everybody else—it's contagious. Everybody wants to move it. Everybody's making the extra pass, and it's good basketball. And that filters into Ryan Anderson, who doesn't mind passing it because he knows he'll get it back. If you watch Ryan Anderson, he's been kind of forcey lately. Before this stretch. Because he wasn't getting the touches, he wasn't getting the ball in his in his sweet spot. So it's been it's been like, well, I got to shoot this one, and they've been bad shots. Mm-hmm. Now he can be more selective. He's shooting at a better
2: percentage. Mm, good breakdown there. Um, and the other part of your opening statement, if you will, uh, I hope you don't mind me formalizing uh, your first uh, thoughts. But with these two games here against Oklahoma City, very unique here. You're gonna do like an old hockey home and home with the Thunder here tonight, and then at Oklahoma City. On Friday, David, you've already won twice against Oklahoma City. Uh, Durant probably a no-go at least for tonight, uh, maybe even Friday too. Um, what do you want to say about these two games um, from kind of a, an immediate level and then maybe from a step back in a, in a more 30,000 feet type level, grander scheme of things type of deal?
1: Well, here's the way I look at it. It'll be an interesting look at kind of a playoff atmosphere this is the kind of playoff situation you'll see team immediately after uh you know you just play the same team for you know four or five games whatever the series goes so this is kind of a playoff feel and this is a time for the pelicans to kind of look at it as if all right great if we split but let's not settle let's go after this as if it is a playoff and we want to win both go try to win both because you should I think the Pelicans are better than Oklahoma City are right now. So go win these two games. In the big scheme of things, down the road, you can see that it's going to help you in the playoff record. And this team has to be thinking playoff. They have to be thinking playoff, which means they have to find a way to win 25 games. That's got to be their target.
2: 25 games from now until mid-April. Okay, Uh, you know, all right. Let's do that. It's
1: a lot. Yeah, it is. It's but, a
2: lot. Um, but, but then again, why not why not us if you're sitting there as the Pelicans? Why not say, why not us? Why not 25 wins and eight losses? So
1: Okay, you know what? Here's the thing, too. With the, with the Pelicans, if they were playing out of their mind right now,
2: mm-hmm.
1: doing stuff they just – all of a sudden, you know, Eric Gordon's shooting 70% from the three. Uh, Tyreek is, you know, 20 assists. You can't expect them to do that every game. Ryan Anderson is is hadn't missed a shot in five games. If they were doing stuff that they couldn't do, you might think, "Oh, well, this isn't going to last." This, this is a simple formula: move the basketball, play with energy. They can do this for twenty five more wins. Mm-hmm. I think.
2: Well, strength the schedules better, and you have more home games than you had prior to uh, this home stand. So it's you know very the the Start table. Yes. Speaking of home, before I let you go, David, I know you got to get back to game prep. Um, before, um, before this homestand, I would say that home games had a certain feel, and now all of a sudden it seems to be much more fun at the Smoothie King Center for Pelicans home games right now. Um, from a player's standpoint, so I'm asking you to go back a little bit here. Uh, not too far. Um, from a player's standpoint, are the players on this team getting enough from the home crowd here? Or do they? are they going to need a little more? Are they going to need a little more juice from that crowd these final 33 games?
1: You know what? As, as, as we as broadcasters challenge the Pelicans in our own way, obviously we're not talking directly to them. As we challenge them to be better, I would always challenge the fans to be better. I think they can be better, and they've been great. But, but you know, the feeling that we have is a feeling that the fans need to have, which is, the other night, it seemed like everybody that I talked to, you, John, uh, Joel, we all said, I have a good feeling about tonight. We're at home, you know, 19-game win streak. This team is playing well. This team is capable of playing with anybody. Everybody had a good feeling. The fans need to have it. The fans need to bring it in the building.
2: And with that, we let David Wesley get back to planning for tonight's game. He'll be on the air tonight with Joel Myers and Jennifer Hale on Fox Sports New Orleans, pregame coverage at 6.30, and then game coverage starting at 7. David, try and stay dry today, and I hope that uh, you have the same good feeling when you walk into the gym tonight as you did the other night when Atlanta was here.
1: Absolutely. I I plan to have that same feeling because I already do, and I, I really do think they can win both.
2: Outstanding. Outstanding. You've been the ray of sunshine we were looking for here on Wesley Wednesday. David, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. When we come back, we'll continue our ongoing conversation this week with regards to Super Bowl Forty Four. Our look back with many guys from the Saints uh, Super Bowl championship team continues in just a moment. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. Mardi Gras is just around the corner, and Shreveport, Bossier City invites you to experience Mardi Gras in the Arklatex, starting with the Crew of Centaur Parade on Saturday, February 7th. Cap it off with the Crew of Gemini Parade on Saturday, February 14th. Check out hotels and other things to do at shreveport-bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT.
0: We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report.
2: Welcome back. We continue our conversation about Super Bowl 44, and now five years later, visiting here with uh, many members of that football team, and that includes, of course, Will Smith. Will, can you believe it's been five years now since Super Bowl 44?
4: No, I can't. I mean, it feels like it was yesterday. So uh, time flies, and, uh, you know, something that is embedded in me.
2: Did you? I know your life changed after that, but does it continue to change, or is it still – how would you describe life five years after being a Super Bowl champion?
4: I mean, it always changed uh, after you win a Super Bowl. I mean, you actually look at the numbers of the overall people who won a Super Bowl, and there's really not that many people um, that who have played professional football who actually won the championship. So it's always cool to be in that bunch of – you know, group of guys that actually yeah. won.
2: That concept of being bonded together for life because of that campaign—it seems to resonate with everybody.
4: Yes, it, it it does, and you know, we still stay. I still stay in contact with everyone uh, who was on that team, and um, you know, it's like we're bond of brothers that you know we'll never forget that great experience that we all had together.
2: For you personally, what stands out the most? What seems to be the most vivid memory, or at least the first one that comes to mind?
4: Uh, just uh, I just, just uh, our adversity to overcome and win in those tough situations. It seemed like everyone expected to win every single game. Everyone expected to win. If it was close and tight, we, there was no doubt whatsoever in our mind that we're going to lose those games and you know even though we went to the Super Bowl we were I think we we're underdogs but in our mind we were we were going to win this game
2: it seems to be the case even after ending the season with three regular um, regular season losses Will why why was it because of the 13-0 start was it because of the leadership in the locker room why did you all seem destined to win the whole thing even when maybe it didn't look like that was going to be the case
4: well, you know, we lost the last three games, but, you know, we understood, you know, we lost to Tampa. Uh, I think we lost to Carolina. can't remember the other team, but it was kind of we had already, you know, had home field advantage. We already sealed it, and, you know, Sean, Coach Payton, took the approach to, hey, I want to make sure my guys are healthy and prepared for the playoffs. Um, these up-and-coming games – even though they meant something, they didn't mean that much because we had already secured the uh, number one seat.
2: Will, were you able to join, uh, enjoy the two-week process that goes from the NFC Championship to the Super Bowl?
4: No, you don't really enjoy it. I mean, in 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 the sense of uh, the celebration part of it, uh, our biggest goal was just focusing on, okay, how do we prepare ourselves to play you know, the Colts in the Super Bowl. And we're like, you know, what do we have to do to win this game? And right after the uh, NFC Championship game, maybe a day later, we got back to work and we were focused on the goal at hand. Um, Even when we got to the Super Bowl, uh, even when we arrived to Miami, you know, we were staying at the hotel. We had no intention on worrying about this party or that party. Guys are like, yo, yeah, we have to be focused and be able to uh, win this game. And I think that's, you don't see that a lot nowadays. Everyone's kind of worried about a lot of other stuff going on. And it was cool that we had, you know, 53 guys on the roster that were all focused.
2: Mm-hmm. There's been so much written and recorded and talked about with regard to that team, Will, and, and the Super Bowl and how exciting it was and everything else. Is there something though here five years later later uh, a story or an aspect of that experience that, that you don't think has been shared?
4: Um, uh, probably just uh, just the uh, the way the guys adapted with each other. I mean, um, you know, we had a Greg Williams as defensive coordinator, and you know, we never really gelled kind of as a defense and he was able to come in and make everyone gel together and you know we find that we were doing things that a lot of guys were doing things that they never expected to do or didn't think it was possible for them to do it and um i think that's really the biggest story is that there was a, there was a time where he was able to get the best out of every single player on that defense
2: what would um what would you describe the feeling is when that game ends
4: it was it was a great feeling I mean uh you know you have so much anxiety during the course of the game and or leading up to the game and then the game is kind of okay you know let me just focus on my keys and play my you know part in this game and then after you win it's kind of like a relief like oh are finally over, you know what I mean? We finally did what we accomplished, what we wanted to accomplish. And, you know, it's more of less of relief, and that anxiety goes away. And then that's when you kind of get a chance to celebrate and enjoy it.
2: You guys finally saw, I think, the uh, the exuberance of the fan base and the city when you all came home for the victory parade. But as, the, as you had won the NFC Championship, Will, and then were preparing for the Super Bowl, even with, I guess, some somewhat of a bunker mentality, or you know, the the focus on the 53, could you all as a team feel the energy of the city behind you? Was that palpable?
4: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, just just leading up to that game, the NFC Championship game, it was. We can feel energy from the fans from the city. It was a buzz like no other. I mean, everything. I mean, I don't even think they even. On the news, they even reported anything else except about what we were doing. And um, after we won the NFC Championship game, it was just now it was 24-7 on the TV. It was Saints, 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 Saints. And the guys, we all understood the importance of where we were at and what we were doing. And we knew uh, that everyone wanted us to win this game and wanted us to do this, especially the people of Louisiana. And it just was that energy that – and even when we got to Miami, every time we looked around, it was just, you know, the same thing. So we knew we had a huge support group, and we just thought it was very great.
2: Will, the, uh, the greatest, I guess, per- personal commemoration is probably a Super Bowl ring. But was there anything else that you kept from – Super Bowl Forty Four that you I guess still have today, maybe even display in your home that um, is uniquely yours that you uh, you made sure you had to have.
4: Well, I kept everything. Um, you know, obviously I have my jersey from the game. Um, I have my cleats, gloves, um, pretty much everything. Um, all the T-shirts that we got, all the gifting bags. I mean, you kept everything because you know my approach was, hey. You know, you never know. I I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it back here again. So I want to, you know, keep everything and you know enjoy the moment because I don't know if it's, if we we will get back to this point because like you said, every year is different and teams you know change every single season. So you know, me and my mind I was like, I keep
2: everything. So I I kept everything. Good move on your part, no doubt. Hey, Will Smith, thank you so much for the conversation. It sure has been fun looking back on that team. Thank you, man. When we come back, Daniel Sallerson continues our conversation about Super Bowl Forty Four with the kicker, Garrett Hartley, right after this.
0: Grab your bell bottoms and go back to the days of disco for 70s night at the Smoothie King Center. Join us as your Pelicans face off against Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and the Oklahoma City Thunder on Wednesday, February 4th at 7 p.m. The first 3,000 fans will receive a Pelicans yo-yo, and you won't want to miss the amazing Christopher and his life-size Dancing Village People puppets at halftime. Tickets are still available, so call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your tickets today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson.
3: Welcome back to the show. We continue to look back five years later, Super Bowl 44, and the man that got the Saints there with his legs is joining me now on the phone, Garrett Hartley. Garrett, thanks for coming on today. Hey,
5: it's good to be back, man. It's uh definitely been a while looking back uh I can't believe it's been
3: five years now yeah hard to believe it Garrett and uh I want to talk about before we get to the Super Bowl I want to talk about that NFC championship game it was your 40-yard kick in overtime that sent the team to Miami to take on the Colts what was that moment like for you being able to have the game-winning kick
5: looking back at it now um, being 28 instead of 23 and uh, it's really had a course to settle in and realize what that kick, you know, not just meant for me personally or as a team, but, you know, more for a city that um, that needed, you know, that needed a, uh, you know, something to happen. And I, I, I just couldn't be uh, more proud to be a part of it. And, um, you know, that memory will be forever instilled in my mind.
3: Yeah, absolutely. All right, I want to get to the game now. I've been asking everyone the same question that we've had on the t- look back at the Super Bowl. Leading up to it, Those, it feels like probably a long two weeks for you guys, but what was it like for you? Was it nerves? Was it anxiousness? Um, or, or are you trying to keep it as normal as possible for those two weeks leading up to the big game?
5: You know, really just trying to keep it um, as calm, but at the same time, you know, it, it, you definitely enjoy it. It's not an uh, opportunity. That comes around very often and uh you know now heading into a year uh my eighth year in the nfl uh you know it's definitely something i realized more and having the guys that we did on the team um from you know uh obviously drew Brees to uh you know john carney my kicking coach and just what he did for me uh, mentally just helping me you know stay calm yet stay ready and stay focused uh, was you know part of uh you know the development process that we had along You know that waiting period before we went to Miami, and then once we are down there actually working out and uh, going about our uh, everyday schedule leading up to a game.
3: Now, does anything change in your preparations because it's such a big game, or, again, is your routine still normal, just like you're preparing for any other game?
5: Absolutely. You know, the routine never changes. It uh, obviously is built on um, a lot of hype, uh, kind of like a college bowl game, um, you know, that you're there a week early, you're practicing in a different location, yet the practice schedule, um, the, you know, the, the periods, uh, you know, day-to-day, uh, those are all the same. And so that part never changes, and you just have to, you know, relax uh, and, you know, go about that routine, which is so crucial, in order, you know, to be successful.
3: Okay, so we finally get to the big game, day of the game. When you wake up, what is going through your mind?
5: It's just like, you know, <laughs> here we are. I don't know how much I really slept the night before, uh, you know, just playing every different scenario in your head um, and at the same time knowing that your body's got to get uh, get some rest. And so you wake up, it's the, it's, it's the day of. And, you know, you go in uh, being a a late game, having a team meeting at, uh, you know, in the morning. And uh, really from there, it's just kind of, you know, getting and kind of just separating yourself from everyone else. Let them enjoy all the festivities, all the, you know, events, you know, leading up to it. And then you just focus in and know what you have to do. And it's just like every other game day at that point.
3: We're talking with Garrett Hartley here on the Black and Blue Report. Okay, Garrett, it was the first half. You put up the, the only points for the Saints. You guys are down 10-6 at the half. What was the mood like in the locker room at the half?
5: After we hit the the last field goal going into halftime, and it really just had the unsettling nerve, like we we got this in the locker room. And I remember sitting next to, to Thomas, and when Coach Payton walked up and said, it's on ambush is on and I just remember looking over at him and you know kind of making a joke about it just like hey you know you got this you've done it a hundred times in practice I was like it, it's it's go time
3: absolutely that was going to bring in my next question did you did you ever think Payton was going to make that call in the Super Bowl to run ambush
5: you know that's the thing about uh, Sean Payton you never know Exactly what he's going to do or call, it's, you know, in the offensive grown of things, but also in the in in the special teams, you know, uh, for the most part, it's always been kind of conservative. And then at a moment's notice, you have potentially one of the biggest plays of Super Bowl 44 mm-hmm. coming out at halftime with Thomas hitting the onside kick.
3: Yeah. Unbelievable play there, and obviously after that the momentum shifted towards you guys, um, Pierre Thomas with the touchdown, and then after that you guys don't look back and win. But you had uh, you hit um, two field goals in the first half over 40 yards. You had another one in the second. Did you know you were the first kicker to kick three or more 40-yard field goals in the Super Bowl?
5: That was definitely the last thing on my mind. Right, and at at, at that point, and someone told me after the game, I'm just like, hey, that's <laughs> awesome, but. We just won a Super Bowl. It right. doesn't matter, um, you know. And I, 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 honestly hope that record broke one day. I, I'd love to see uh, a kicker go out there and execute, regardless if it's three over forty or just three field goals, or you know, even hitting one, you know, one field goal in that game, knowing that you're helping contribute points. But at the same time, you know, you got to give credit to the O line, to the snapper, you know uh you know to the holder and then you're you're really just the the end part helping uh the pieces of the, uh, of the puzzle come together
3: all right do you have a favorite moment from the super bowl i know obviously winning it is a big part but was there a certain memory that sticks out whether it's holding the lombardi trophy celebrating with teammates maybe even the parade after was there a moment to you that just one of the many probably that just stick out to you say i will never forget this moment
5: Knowing that uh, after watching the the clock tick down and knowing that we're we're Super Bowl champs and being able to celebrate that with my team on the field and having my brother and his wife out there and having my parents and my best friends from high school in the stands and being able to enjoy that moment with them as well as my teammates, and looking up and seeing Drew hold up that trophy, um, it uh, you know that was just uh, you know a picturesque moment and something that it it can never be taken away from you as an individual, and it can never be taken away as a you know as a team, and as Coach Fitz says, we we'll walk together forever for that moment and for Super Bowl 44 and what and what we were able to accomplish, in, you know, in the 2009 season.
3: Absolutely. That's a great way to look at it there. Um, before I let you go, um, how I know some people like to wear their ring. Some people do not. They like to put it away. How often do you wear your ring? Do you even take it out, or is it somewhere uh, special?
5: You know, I, I think for the first uh, three weeks, I probably uh, – never took it off mm-hmm. and uh you know now it's definitely uh it's in a safe place and whenever i need to do either charity events or um different outings um especially down here in new orleans um i absolutely you know wear it and it's something um to be proud of it's it's a uh, not it's not just a ring it's a piece of hardware and it's it's the memories um and the, com- you know, and the accomplishment that goes along with it. And uh, knowing that people play their whole career and maybe never even have an opportunity to get to the game, let alone win it. And knowing I was just a part of something so special, you know, with the other guys um, that suited up, it's... Uh, man, I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it really is just such a uh, – it's a, it's a real feeling. And yeah. it's just a moment of, you know, all of our dreams and our uh, aspirations coming true that season.
3: Yeah, and some this the city will never forget. And, Garrett, you were a huge part of that Super Bowl winning team. And uh, I really do appreciate you coming on and sharing some of your memories with us today.
5: Hey, no, I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, like I said, just uh, that uh, – that team from the 2009 season will walk together forever and I could be more proud of the players, the coaches, uh, and the staff that we had. Um, and it, uh, it definitely makes you want to get back whatever, uh, you know, wherever, you know, these guys are at in their career, whatever team that might be, but just be able to, to get back there and know that during the 2009 season, we were able to accomplish that, as as a team, as the state, and, you know, for the city of New Orleans.
3: Absolutely. That's a great way to end this interview. Again, that's Garrett Harley, former Super Bowl-winning kicker for the New Orleans Saints. Garrett, again, really appreciate you coming on today.
5: Hey, I appreciate it.
1: Have a good one.
3: You too. More on this black and blue report in one minute. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool, collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now.
0: Try the Immune Builder smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. You hear that? Yeah, that's the sound of Mardi Gras, baby. Ha <laughs> ha!
1: Just something about the tradition of it all. Even though Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew scratch off from the lottery, you could be feeling like a king with up to 3,000 or even
0: $12,000 in your back pocket. Stop and pick up Fat Tuesday and Cash Crew today. Now that's better than the good beads, baby. Must be at least 21 to purchase. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report.
2: Tonight is 70s night, by the way, at the Smoothie King Center as the Pelicans take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, with that, uh, the first 3,000 fans in the building tonight. Only 3,000? we got to get here early. First 3,000 fans in uh, get the Pelicans yo-yo tonight. I'm sure I had a yo-yo in the 70s. I just didn't, I couldn't get it to do, you know, all the things that they said it could do. You know, there's always that kid in your class, by the way, that could like, walk the dog and do the string, like, to make a triangle, and it swings through the string. You know what I'm saying. That's, hold on. That's just, sorry about that. Pent-up childhood frustrations. Uh, anyway, the 70s um, were certainly an interesting decade. We'll celebrate some of that uh, culture tonight. Uh, hopefully, we'll be celebrating a Pelicans win as well over the uh Oklahoma City Thunder. We'll go to Oklahoma City tomorrow and play those guys there on Friday, and then we're right back home on Saturday against the Bulls, and then home games continue to next week. I think it's uh, Utah and Indiana before the All-Star break. So um, if you can't make it out tonight, um, you got chances here again during this stretch before the All-Star break. By the way, if you cannot make it out tonight, uh, don't forget, coverage on the radio starts at 7 all across the Pelicans radio network tonight, including the flagship 105.3. WWL-FM, for those of you in the New Orleans metro. Uh, Otherwise, television to Fox Sports New Orleans. Um, If you live within 75 miles, and we haven't talked about this in a while, if you live within 75 miles of the Smoothie King Center, you can listen to the game through the Pelicans app. It's a really easy way. Great signal right there through your mobile device. Um, And if you are coming to the game and you'd like to enjoy the broadcast uh, in person, much like when you're watching the Saints at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome, You can listen to the broadcast in real time inside the building at 88.9 FM, 88.9 FM. Otherwise, if you were trying to listen through the network or your app, it's going to be delayed. Um, That's just the way it is. So if you want it real time while you're at the game, 88.9 FM. Okay, Uh, one more note about Super Bowl forty-four and the five-year anniversary. We still uh, have several guests to go this week. Two for sure are Jonathan Stinchcomb, and Jonathan Vilma. Both guys uh, will uh, share their thoughts about the events of five years ago. And, uh, and as we like to say here on the Black and Blue Report, you never know who else may stop by. I'm hoping Tracy Porter, by the way. I really want to talk to Tracy, especially after the way Super Bowl 49 just ended on an interception. Not, it's not the way 44 ended, but his interception was huge uh, as far as sealing that thing up. We all remember that. Thanks again for joining us. Stay dry today. Hey, remember, lights on when your wipers are on. I noticed that we still have trouble with that uh, across our city when driving into work this morning. Um, Boy, I have really been on a soapbox today, Daniel. I need to cool it, I think. He says stop. All right, so with that, we will push stop on the black and blue report and uh, leave you with, I hope, uh, a little bit more than you had prior to uh, the start of our show today. Thanks again to Daniel Salerson, David Wesley, Uh, and uh, Will Smith today, uh, Garrett Hartley as well. Good show, good show, good way to leave Wednesday and uh, go Pelicans tonight. I'm Sean Kelly, so long for just a while.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com.